You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. So, hey, if it, also, I, one of the questions you get, in, and we haven't actually got it in this church, but I should just note, one of the questions you get when you do a series that's a bit more fun is sometimes it upsets people. They're like, hang on, church, I don't know what they think. <laughs> and you guys haven't been like this at all, but I just the reason we're doing this is because we're allowed to have fun in church. We spent six months going through Leviticus, an Old Testament book that... I don't know another church on the coast that went through it or takes six months. That's all right, it's not a competition. We have our moments of incredible Bible study and we have our moments where we celebrate what God is doing and have some fun. And so it doesn't make it any less lighter. In fact, some of these themes are about as deep as it gets. But um, I appreciate our... I haven't had that from this church and I appreciate our ability to have a laugh and enjoy each other and enjoy some of this stuff. So thank you very much for that summary, Lee. We're going to have a look at that clip at the start, if that's okay. We're going to play a clip. We'll turn off the lights and just show the first clip today. Warning, he speaks really badly to his mum and I'm glad the kids are out for a moment because I don't want my kids to learn from this. So I apologise for that. In this house, you're the only one who has to make trouble. I'm the only one getting dumped up. You're the only one acting up. Now get upstairs. I am upstairs, dummy. Third floor. Go. It's scary up there. Don't be silly. Fuller will be up in a little while. I don't want to sleep with Fuller. You know about him. He wets the bed. He'll pee all over me. I know it. Fine. We'll put him somewhere else. I'm sorry. It's too late. Get upstairs. Everyone in this family hates me. Then maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. I don't want a new family. I don't want any family. Families suck. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. I did warn you. Coley <laughs> no. Calkin, Kevin. The whole family's around. If you the first part, the whole family's around. There's not enough cheese pizza. It's um his brother Buzz is picking on him. His uncle. Sometimes we all have those uncles that thinks they're hilarious but they're not, and it's kind of, he gets annoyed at him, and he calls him a stinge, because he won't pay for the pizza, and it's just crowded, and look, I don't condone anything that he does there, he's very selfish, but I can relate, I can't relate actually with my family, um, but I can relate to moments that you're around a bunch of people, and this can happen in families, this can happen at events, this can happen around your work, maybe your work Christmas party, people are broken, People are selfish at times. And maybe for you, Christmas or just being around people, it's complicated. Some people are selfish. Some people are argumentative. Some people are just looking to have a dig. You know there's people you don't want to see because you just know. They're going to just have a dig at something in some passive way. I think we all experience that sometimes. Sometimes you just feel like, although I wouldn't say it the same way as Kevin, sometimes you just feel like, oh, I just wish it would be easier if no one was around. Gee, it'd be easy if just, I didn't have to do relationship with anyone because then there would be no, no breakdown of relationship. 
Who's felt at least that way at, at times? So whether it's a little tantrum or whether it's just moments, you're just done with people for the day. I will admit, not for a long time and not frequently, I have even moments, as a, can you believe, as a pastor, where I think, gee, church would be easy without all the people. It'd be very, very easy. <laughs> but it's also the beautiful thing about church, as we looked at last week, community and all our different wants and needs and surrounded in Jesus. It's beautiful. It's the most amazing thing ever. And so that's what I remember most days. But even I have some moments where I think, gee, it'd be a lot easier if we didn't have people because we're all so broken. And so Kevin has this tantrum. He says some things that are very selfish. And if you know the movie, he gets his wish. Um, they forget him and he gets stuck at home. But for you, maybe there's some legit... It goes deeper than that. Maybe family... Maybe, friends, there's some real disconnection this Christmas. Maybe this season, there's some real broken trust in relationship. Maybe there's family members you haven't spoken to for many, many years. Maybe there's friends and it's broken. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was their fault. Maybe years later, months later, weeks later, you start to realise maybe it was a bit of both. Maybe you can't remember. But for some of us, I, I reckon nearly all of us, there'll be at least people in our life where it's got a little bit further than that. Someone called someone a dummy and it's severely broken. It's just a reminder of family or friends that you're disconnected with. Christmas can be a reminder of this. And I guess this morning, just for... Short bit, I'd love to address this question. What do you do with this as a Christian this Christmas? What do we do with the broken relationships, the disappointment, the things in our life this Christmas? The easy option would be Kevin's option, avoid them. The easy option is just ignore them. Wish them away, lock yourself in the third floor, or... I'll show you one other option we could do, but we're going to have to show one more clip. Thanks, crew. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? <laughs> uh, burglars break into the house and Kevin protects the house by wheeling, and it's almost iconic now, one of these. What we can do, one option we can do with the brokenness this Christmas is we can put a heap of these up around our life. And anyone comes close, anyone wants to be invited into our life, we take that hurt and we say, come near me, I dare you. Don't you dare get to know me. Because I've been hurt, right? And we swing these around. We put up the little toy cars, the marbles by the window, and we make sure no one gets in. Nobody's allowed in anymore because I refuse to be hurt, we say. Dare you to come near me because you're going to get a paint can to the face. And we put up these barriers. We won't let people in again. 
We all know someone that's done it. And if we're honest, we all know that at times we can be like this. We put up these barriers. No one's getting in. I've been too hurt. People can be so gross, so broken. And so I can understand why you would put up a bunch of paint cans. And so when this church gets up and Lockie speaks about radical hospitality, you're like, yeah, no. No, no one's coming in my house. I'm not inviting anyone over. I'm feeding, or even, don't have to go in the house. I'm not going out for coffee. I'm not getting to know someone. I'll come for my songs and my message and then I'm gone. No one's coming near me. And if they do, they're going to get a paint can to the face. You couldn't think of anything worse, I reckon, some of us. And it's human nature. We hear hospitality and we're like, yeah, nah. No way. Leave me alone. So easy when you've been broken and you've been hurt. I understand. Problem is this isn't the way of Jesus. As Christians, the biggest problem is this isn't the way of Jesus. This is the way of the world. Put up fences. COVID's even made it so everyone's online now. Kids don't even know how to talk to each other because of the fences they've put up. whole heap of stats coming out of even COVID with technology and people would rather be online because they're protected, right? Online, you can say whatever you want. You can swing a paint can around and you're not accountable for it. You don't have to heal or restore a relationship. You have to go deeper with anyone. You can Photoshop yourself so you're protected from anyone even knowing what you really look like. But this isn't the way of Jesus. Listen to this. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another. What? Forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.13 says this. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive it as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Matthew 18, 21 20 to 22 says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? He's looking for a number because he goes, people are hard work. Surely you don't mean more than seven. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And that doesn't mean you count 77 times. That's Jesus going almost, there's a whole heap we could go into that, but he's essentially saying, how long's a piece of string? Just keep forgiving. You think seven? Seventy-seven times. I can imagine Peter being very disappointed because he's probably got someone in mind and they're up to their sixth thing they've done against him and he's like, one more time, and they're out. But no. Mark 11. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you, forgive you your sins. And then looking at the Old Testament, even Proverbs, even without Jesus there talking about this forgiveness, Proverbs talks about forgiveness as just good wisdom. It says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Beautiful proverb. Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs old quarrels, but love overlooks insults. Some ancient Wisdom there from Proverbs. It turns out the New Testament is all about forgiveness. 
And it turns out the Old Testament speaks of it as being a healthy and wise thing to do for your life. Forgiveness, letting people in. It's not wise or healthy, Proverbs says, to carry this hurt. Carry this anger, carry this tension around, carry these paint cans around everywhere you go. And so this Christmas, what does it look like? How do we do that? How do we forgive others? And here's my honest answer for you. How do you forgive others? How do we let others in if we've been hurt or we simply don't like people? How do we let others in? Well, the answer is you can't. At least not by ourselves. We need help to do it. You cannot do it by yourself. We need help. I'm going to show one more clip and then we're going to come back to that help. Christmas. Yes, and That's my granddaughter up there. The little red-haired girl. She's about your age. You know her? No. You live next to me, don't you? You can say hello when you see me. You don't have to be afraid. There's a lot of things going around about me, but none of it's true. Okay? Been a good boy this year? I think so. You swear to it? No. Yeah, I had a feeling. Well, this is the place to be if you're feeling bad about yourself. It is? I think so. Are you feeling bad about yourself? No. I've been kind of a pain lately. I said some things I shouldn't have. I really haven't been too good this year. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family. Even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. Do you get that? I think so. How you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Especially with an older brother. Deep down, you always love him. You can forget that you love them. And you can hurt them and they can hurt you. And that's not just because you're young. You want to know the real reason why I'm here right now? Sure. I came to hear my granddaughter sing. And I can't come in here tonight. You have plans? No. I'm not welcome. At church? Oh, you're always welcome to church. I'm not welcome with my son. Years back, before you and your family moved on the block, I had an argument with my son. How old is he? Well, he's grown up. We lost our tempers, and I said I didn't care to see him anymore. He said the same. We haven't spoken to each other since. If you miss him, why don't you call him? I'm afraid if I call him, he won't talk to me. How do you know? I don't know. I'm just afraid he won't. No offense, but aren't you a little old to be afraid? You can be a little old for a lot of things. You're never too old to be afraid. That's true. I've always been afraid of our basement. It's dark, there's weird stuff down there, and it smells funny, that sort of thing. It's bothered me for years. 
The basements are like that. Then I made myself go down there to do some laundry, and I found out it's not so bad. All this time I've been worrying about it, but if you turn on the lights, it's no big deal. What's your point? My point is you should call your son. What if he won't talk to me? At least you'll know. Then you can stop worrying about it, and you won't have to be afraid anymore. I don't care how mad I was, I talked to my dad, especially around the holidays. Just give it a shot, for your granddaughter anyway. I'm sure she misses you, and the presents. I sent her a check. Wish my grandparents said that. They always send me clothes. Last year I got a sweater with a big burr knitted on it. Oh, that's nice. Not for a guy in the second grade. You can get beat up for wearing something like that. Oh? Yeah, I have a friend who got nailed because there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas. You better run along home where you belong. You think about what I said, all right? Okay. It's nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. I um, I a- absolutely love that scene. An older man, a younger man, both at first not wanting to admit that they're in the wrong. I like Kevin's response as a kid. You've you been a good boy this year. Yeah, of course. Um, and then the old man says, I'm actually being good too. But then as he confesses, it turns out, hasn't been. An old man, young man, just le- kind of at the ed- both at the edge. There's nothing left. They can't, there's no power within themselves to fix their situation. And I know they're not on their knees, but they might as well be on their knees in church going, there must be something else that can help us. And they confess to each other. Absolutely beautiful picture from a, from a, from a silly Christmas movie but a profoundly deep picture. Um, it's like our culture knows, even if they're not Christians, they know that when you've got nowhere else to go, you do a scene in a church because there must be something else that can help us. And we know who that is. It's Christ. Bringing people together. Cutting down these. Bringing down barriers and they confess to each other. And he realises, if you haven't seen the movie, he's scared of that guy. He thinks he's this monster who's been turning his family into salt and salting the driveway with him. And he realises he's just a, a grumpy old man that's hurting. And he realises he's a naughty little kid who's now hurting. Beautiful picture of confession and letting each other in. We can't do it by ourselves. Even home alone knows we need God. We need something bigger than ourselves. We need to let God in first. It's no use trying to do and let other people in. We need to let God in first. Look at those verses again, some of them that we just had. It said in Ephesians, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. In Colossians, forgive as the Lord what? Forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, just as Christ forgave you. There's a key there to forgiveness whether you're four or 440, if you don't regularly let God into your life, sometimes we get so good at letting people out, we forget to let God in. If we don't accept his forgiveness, if we don't admit that we are broken too and in needing forgiveness and help, then in so many ways you're ignoring the power of the cross. You're ignoring the full power of the cross to restore, 
to heal you. Even those places you think God will, I don't know, we sometimes think God will let leave us like others have. We think we won't be good enough for God. But he didn't come on the cross so that you couldn't receive that full restoration and power. He already knows he just wants to be let in. So many of us, with God, swing this around. God, you can speak into my Sunday morning, that's fine, but don't you dare come near that room. Don't you dare come near that problem. Don't you dare come near that addiction. Don't you dare come near that hurt. Oh, you'll, I'll try at least. Good luck getting God, but I'll try and swing a paint can at you. It's funny, but you know it's true. The only way we can forgive and start to be truly hospitable to each other is if we let God in first. We receive him. Even if we're Christians. This is not saying you're not a Christian. There's just, it's, you can still be a Christian and still have some doors that are not, God's not allowed to do work in. In some way, and I mean this not arrogantly, hear my heart because I know this is some deep hurt even in this room around this stuff. But in some way, honestly, if you say God can't forgive me and I can't forgive others, you are in some way saying the cross isn't enough. Let me say that again. I know that's heavy for some circumstances. But if you say God can't possibly forgive me or I can't possibly forgive that person, over time, in, pro in progress, not like that, you're saying the cross isn't powerful enough. A couple of disclaimers, though, for you, firstly. First, abuse. This is not what I'm saying. If you've been abused, or you're being abused right now, I'm not saying let that continue. Not at all. Please, I'm not saying that's not forgiveness, just letting it continue. Not at all. Forgiving yourself is forgiving them is not allowing them to hurt you deliberately again. Don't get me wrong, it's not naivety. Forgiveness is not naivety. There are some people liking this that can't come in the house, like the burglars that need to be. I get that, and don't hear me say that. That's not forgiveness. And that has been used in Christian circles. Abuse. Those verses have been used. Oh, you need to forgive me. No, no, no. At some point. I can forgive you and not carry the hurt and not let you poison the rest of my life and not live out of that abuse for the rest of my life and not live under that. I can cut down some ropes still. But yeah, you're not still not going to be a part of my life in that way. Yeah, don't hear me say that about abuse and don't dare use that in terms of abuse. That's not what forgiveness is and letting God deal with it does not mean you have to carry that anger, that hurt, be trapped by that for the rest of your life. Now, second disclaimer. Some people have experiences with the Holy Spirit where it's instant, and that's fantastic. God can take that away. God can take that hurt away and allow you to forgive yourself, allow God to work in it like that. But for some reason, sometimes it takes as long as the hurt took as well. It takes years to let stuff go. So I'm not saying this morning, if you're like, Steve, I'm 460, I've been trying to do this, I've been trying to give this hurt to God all my life. Keep doing it. Keep letting him work in stuff. Keep letting him build something in you. Keep letting him work in you. It can take time. Forgiveness can take time. You're not perfect. That's why he needs to help us. 
Don't shut him out just because it wasn't an instant fix. And this is probably the third, yeah, third disclaimer. If you let people in, if you let God in, you let him deal with this stuff and then you start to let others in again, (laughs) I'm not saying people will ever hurt you again. I'm so sorry. Probably almost can guarantee that if you're around for the rest of the week, if you're alive on this earth for the rest of the week, someone will hurt you again. We're human. You will be hurt again. Because we're broken as mistakes. If you start to let people into your life, they will hurt you in some way and you will likely hurt them at times because we're human. But that's the powerful element of letting God in because he's there to restore and help us, help an older gentleman and a young boy come together and pray and be united and on the same level and heal under God. That's what people of Jesus do. That's what it means to have God work within us. So, this morning, my encouragement, this summer of hospitality, we've called it, this Christmas season, it's not a neat fix, but it is one step towards Jesus, is to consider the places and areas that you don't let God in and work in, the relationships maybe you don't want him to work in, and it starts with this. It starts with this this morning. One thing this morning, you can say, God, we can bring that down. Does that make sense? That's the beautiful thing about being Christians, is people go, why do they forgive? Why do they love? I'm going to show one more clip, and then we're going to pray. I think this sums up the beautifulness of, this sums up the beauty of Christmas. We're not talking about that this morning. We're talking about the beautifulness of Christ. But let's have a look anyway. Merry Christmas, sweetheart. Oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry. Where's everybody else? Oh, baby, they couldn't come. They wanted to so much. No, I didn't fall asleep in the back of the cabin drool all over you, did I? You do drool in the back of the cabin. Ah, you're all right. I 
Hey, Kev. It's pretty cool that you even burned the place down. Thanks, Buzz. it a few times so that I wouldn't wouldn't get too emotional um, <laughs> you think I'm joking <laughs> there is something profoundly beautiful and it's okay to show emotion don't get there is something profoundly deep within us it's why we love these movies when relationship is restored the world calls it Christmas we call it the church and Christ working in us building healing restoring cutting down relationship barriers to him and each other lean into him this christmas we're going to sing one more song and um if you want to come down at any point i'm here jono's here um uh, auntie as well if you want to pray with a lady um we're here and we'd love if there's something you need to cut down this morning we'd love you to come down for prayer we'll be just here at the front and we'd love to pray for you and so, and then let's sing this final song. And then straight after the service today, we've got the barbecue going in a sec and we'll have some uh, sausage and bread together as well. So let me pray. And then the invitation there to just lean into Christ this Christmas and let him do some miraculous work. You know, we all want the story of the arm growing back or sight being received. That's amazing, personally. That's amazing as well. A relationship restored is a miracle. Let's let him in and let him do some miraculous work this Christmas. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for fun. We thank you for Christmas movies. We thank you for art. We thank you for things that inspire us, that speak into places in culture and that is true about us. And so we do. We thank you for Home Alone. And we thank you for some of the themes that we can draw out that we can relate directly into your word. We thank you for you and we thank you that we can't do this alone. So right now, Lord, anything that we've got swinging around in our life to protect us from you, from protect us from your love, your power, your forgiveness, I pray right now we're able to cut down and let you into the most darkest, hopeless places and bring light and hope to them. And Father, just as a reaction out of that, I pray we're able to let others in again. Knowing they may hurt us, but knowing we can stand strong because we've got you. Knowing that we may hurt them, but knowing we can stand strong because we know you forgive us. You are forming and building something profoundly beautiful within us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks so much, team.